Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, we have um, Cultivate Connection facilitator David DeVault and uh, Executive Director of Empowered to Connect, Mo Oniger, joining us um, for our last in our Dad's Talk About series of episodes this December. We're going to talk about parenting wins. Um one of the things that, at least just speaking for me, and I know for Mo as well, was a difficult adjustment we, when we began this road of trying to do connected parenting and parent um, with with attachment in mind, uh, was adjusting expectations. And what I thought was a win, what uh, Mo thought was a win, you'll hear about David as well. Um, and so we wanted to talk about reframing those expectations. And then practically, what what do we need to do to consider ourselves successful as parents. I, I know that stereotypically with um, men and, and dads in particular, there's a lot more um, objective focused parenting. What, you know, what are the, the marks we need to hit? What are the, the things we need to do? What can we actually, you know, get accomplished? What's a win? What's a loss? What's a success? What's a failure? Um, and so we want to talk through some of the specifics of that because it can be difficult to just say, we're going to now parent through relationship and, and with the connection and attachment in mind. And here's these principles we're using without having kind of some markers to hit. And so we want to talk about some of those things today. Um, David and his wife um, have been in the world of foster care um, for years and years and years. His wife is a social worker. So that's been a, a world of within group homes and in parenting um, biological kids as well. There is just a a wealth of resources that David shared with us on this episode today. Um, and so excited for you to hear from uh, both David and Mo as they talked about uh, early on reestablishing what a win was for them and then um, the, the ins and outs, practicalities of how uh, how to begin kind of quantifying and looking into how we, how we can have wins as parents. Um, really helpful practical episode uh, if you are listening to this as it airs and it is in December of 2023. Um, you know, you might be in the midst of holiday season and you might need some extra encouragement for how can I make sure that today we're making some progress or how how can I win as a parent today? What, what are some things I need to do? So today, if that's you, if it's where you're at, today is a great episode for you to dive into. So without any further ado, here he is now, David DeVault and um, Mo Ottinger and myself talking about parenting wins. So we're here today with David DeVault and with uh, Mo Ottinger, and uh, David is one of our um, Cultivate Connection facilitators, um, teaching our ETC parenting course, Cultivate Connection, out in the field in the City of Roses, as we learned just before we recorded today. And so, um, David, if you will, first of all, thank you for being here and joining us. And um, for folks who don't know you, before we jump in, will you just kind of share a little about your story, your family, and then how you guys got connected to ETC? Sure. Um, so I'm, uh, I've been married to my wife, Tiffany, for almost 32 years now. And um, we kind of came into foster care early on. Uh, I was actually working for a church and decided uh, as a youth pastor years ago before my kids were ever born. And uh, we, uh, we decided to take our youth group to a, a children's home that was near the church where we lived about an hour away to visit. And when we were there, my wife and I were like, oh my goodness, like we didn't even know this need existed, but wow, mm -hmm. there's so many kids out there that that don't have parents that that are in 
care for one reason or another. Like, what do we what do we do about this? And our heart's cry was like, we want to be part of the solution for this. So we just jumped in. We're like, hey, how do we get to be foster parents? And and uh, pretty soon we ended up getting matched up. You know, we did all the paperwork, did all the you know work to to be uh, licensed as a foster home. And then we're um, matched up with a little three-year-old girl. And this was before we had kids of our own. We we got married when we were 19 years old. So we were probably 22, 23 at the time. Mm-hmm. And a uh, little three-year-old girl was our first child that was in foster care with us for a while. And uh, from that point on, it's it's just been, we've been in, involved in foster care in in advocacy for, for kids who are, you know, in rough places for decades now. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we've done a lot of different things, but now we're, um, we're in a space now actually living with, with my dad and her mom and giving them care. And so we're not actively parenting kids. Um, our, we have had kids that have come many kids to our home. We, we worked at the children's home for a while. Um, but uh, at this point, my wife is a is a social worker. Um, right. That's that's her heart and that's her degree. She's a master has a master's in social work, um, and uh, she works for an organization called the uh, the Fostering Collective here in Tyler, Texas. Okay. And she was looking for more resources to be able to help people with with parenting kids. And she came across Empowered to Connect, uh, Cultivate Connection, and it's like, hey do you want to do this with me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So jump in, you know, that's awesome. Uh, before we jump into kind of our conversation, which is, which is, isn't that the truth for all of us? Like it's always the, it's always the wife dragging us. Come on. Right. Well, what's funny is it was me dragging us into foster care in the first place, but she's definitely the expert in it. And I'm always the one that's just the hard strings, you know, just like, Oh <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's been a good dynamic for the two of us. So for you guys, you jump into the world of learning about connected parenting and attachment and all of that through ETC. What was that experience like for you when you first started into that? You know, we because we've been in this this arena for a long time, I wasn't I wasn't sure I was gonna learn anything new. Like, okay, yeah, I've kind of been there, done that. And yeah, going through the course, going going through the facilitator course. There was so much that I was just like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, whoa, mm-hmm. I didn't think of that before. I think one of the biggest things that I came away with is like, whoa, wait, there's eight different play personalities? What? Like, <laughs> I thought we all played the same way, you know? Like, And yeah. I've been, you know, been a parent. I've got kids who are in their, in their 20s, you know? Um, foster kids who are, who have been through our home that are now, you know, in their 40s. <laughs> and I, I'm like, wow, what is this play thing? What do you mean there's different types of play? So yeah, definitely learned a lot through the course and just, I love the compassion and the care, the, the focus on uh, even self-care that this course has um, that really, um, that I've learned kind of the hard way through the years. So it's great to see that people are out there teaching it, maybe a little bit easier method. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, we're, we're talking today about parenting wins. And so we, we wanted to talk about that specifically on an episode with dads, because, uh, I would say this is a, a tough thing to, um, to define sometimes. And especially for, um, dads, stereotypically the expectations, the idea of like, what is success? What's a win are all over the map. 
Um, and so maybe one of my first questions to you, David, would just be, you know, how, how, is there a difference between how you used to define a win parenting versus how you would define one now? Yeah, definitely. I think that has progressed for me through the years. Um, a win back in the day was getting my kid to do the thing that I thought they needed to do, right? Yes. Yeah. If I can get you to do the right thing, then you're going to be the right kind of kid, you know? Mm -hmm. If I can get you to do what I expect of you, honestly, you know, then, then that's, that's a win. And, um, kids aren't wired like that, are they? <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> oh man. Mo, what about, what about for you? I mean, you, you mm -hmm. guys have a, and when you tell your story, you always talk about kind of a, a pre ETC time and then a post ETC time. You know, how did those wins change for you when you guys started to when you, once you got going with ETC? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot like David, I just, um, you just, you just thought your family was gonna look a certain way, behave a certain way, um, fall into line and do all the things, um, and that this playbook would run out and they would, they would uh, just in many ways, and I never, it was never spoken, but I just thought they would have the same interest as me, the same hobbies as me. They would want to do the same things as me that, um, and the beautiful part of parenting and for, you know, Ton and I with six kids is the uniqueness of each child and understanding each kid and, a win, a win at the end of the day is to be in relationship and connection with your child. And yeah. that can look so different. And uh, each relationship with each child is so different. And so, um, you know, a, a, a win for one child is just different. And so I think being a student of your, of each child um sure is it just you know as that layer of it of of uh and so much of winning when it when we think of as parents is so performative <laughs> like yeah, is my child performing the way they're supposed to, you know are they are they excelling at school are they excelling at sports are they going to college are they getting the, like it's all mm -hmm. the stuff and really it's like being able to connect to the heart of my kids mm -hmm. for them to be emotionally uh, processing and growing and me, and me as well. And us to be in, in connection is in relationship is just a good thing is yeah. a win. David, you guys had, as you talked about, I mean, lots of kids come through your house, different personalities, different uh, backgrounds, paths, uh, different ways of connecting with you guys, right? So when you think about kind of over time, the skills that you've acquired as, as a parent, do you feel um, like there are some things that stood out that became a roadmap for you that when, when a kid came into your house, that they would help you to get to know them and, and figure out um, how to connect with them better? The word that comes to mind is, is curiosity, you know, mm. to stay curious. And not to think that I do have it all figured out. You know, when kids first started coming into our home, uh, especially like 
like 10 years ago, we opened our home again and had, you know, a lot of teenage kids come through our home for a while. And uh, as they come in, I would I would have absolute expectations of like, man, I'm going to be their buddy and they're just going to think I'm the coolest and whatever. And and they come in and they wouldn't want to have anything to do with me, you know, or like based on maybe some of their trauma, they absolutely wouldn't want anything to do with not just me, but any male, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. okay, how's this going to work? Wait, I'm opening my home to you. Like, why aren't you responding to me with gratitude? And like, you know, um, so learning to just be like curious about that rather than like critical or like uh, disappointed, you know, but to be able to just, just walk with them for a minute and be like, Hey, t- tell me about, tell me about where you came from. Tell me about your story. And I mean, you know, these kids come from some hard stories a lot of times. And um, honestly, like <laughs> on a scale of zero to 100, if I could get a child to engage with me from, you know, move from a zero to a three in the time that I had them, it was still progress, right? If, yeah. But being able to come to that recognition, that it, I would say one of the my biggest things is like um, expecting them to adapt to my way of doing things, you mm-hmm. know? This is just the way I am. Like you're just, you just need. Hey, I'm just David. I'm just being me. Like I don't care if like my anxiety, my anxiousness, my energy like freaks you out. Like you just need to get used to it. And instead, be like, wait a minute, what does this person need to to be able to relate to me? You know, how, how do I need to enter the room in such a way that they can feel safe and and seen and like, you know, not freaked out every time I walk in. Mm, without good. over without oversharing, David, are there moments that you can think of where, where you learned those lessons kind of I don't, I don't want to use the expression the hard way, but like moments where you can remember, man, this this was one time I really learned that that particular principle. Sure. I even think of um I had one young lady that I picked up from school every day for for almost two years. And uh, you know, when she'd get in the car, my experience was, you know. You get in the you get in the car and we get to do twenty questions. How was your day? What was good about it? What did you know? And I get she get in the car and she put her headphones in, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I feel so rejected right now. You know, mm. I had to get over myself in a sense to be able to say, hmm, maybe she just needs some time to not. So then every once in a while she might actually take her headphones out and ask me a question or you know tell me something about her day. And that was like that was a huge win just to getting have any any little bit of connection with her, um, yeah. because she honestly up to that point in her life she'd never been in a home with a man, period. Wow. So can you imagine like how crazy that is to just be in a car with me, you know? Um, well, so of course yeah. she put her headphones in. Like I I'm just trying to control my own environment here, you know. And for me to recognize that and be curious about that rather than like critical because she can't deal with me. You know, like that was, that was a big deal. Man, I love, I love like all that you said, because it's, um, I think so often we have expectations of our kids Mm. and we just kind of uh, expect them to adapt to our world, adapt to us. And man, there's been, like you said, uh, man, I like, I liked, I don't know if you're a Ted Lasso fan, but he says, be oh, curious, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, be love curious. I love, yeah, I love that you're the dark scene. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. The dark scene, be curious. Like, and that is such a humble way of approaching 
our kiddos and to to be curious about their behavior, be curious about them. Um, it's really a it's really a, a a sweet spot to to be in with our kiddos is that place of being curious because our kids you know, they're growing and developing and there's different seasons and man, it's different, you know, for us navigating 11 year old and a 19 year old and just, just curious about the season and, and curious about them and, um, what we bring to the relationship. And yeah, I just, I love that. I love that, David. Yeah. And also in that season, curious about the season part, like I could think of, you know, not expecting them well, just to talk with them, just to have opportunities to talk with with our kids in a time when they want to. Um, our son, all throughout his life, you know, wouldn't say five words during the day, but come about nine, ten o'clock when mom and dad are ready to absolutely wind down and go crash, he'd come sit in our room and want to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, and we could we could either say, "No, we're tired, son. Please go away." You mm-hmm. know, essentially. Or listen and be curious, you know, remember to be curious. And, you know, I didn't always get it right. Sometimes I was just too tired. I'm like, I'm I'm glad you want to talk, but I got nothing to give, you know. But more and more, especially as he got older, I mean, it was such a joy. And everybody says the teenage years are so terrible, you know. But for us, like, just finding those places to connect whenever they are. And if it is at 11 o'clock at night, if that's when he finally comes to me and says, hey, Dad, I want to tell you about my day, I'll be like, Yes, please. You know, right. yeah, just right. to welcome that in whenever it happens. Such a yeah. big deal for us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, Mo, and he gave me permission heard. to say anything about that. I wanted to. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I know you guys were late night connectors too um, with some of your kids. And so uh, I think, you know, one of the things that I love hearing that you're saying, I mean, yes, like the humility and the, that Mo mentioned the flexibility, like just understanding, mm-hmm. like man, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to kind of you know bob and weave a little bit and find Pivot. ourselves to connect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got one kiddo that is up every morning before the sun comes up, and <laughs> and but that's me too. So like you know the mor- the mornings are my place to to be curious and. And just his temperament is engaging with him, asking questions is a win. He will he will answer and talk and and ask questions, and that's how you connect with his heart. Now I've got kiddos that hate the morning, you know, (laughs) like if if they could sleep till noon, they would. And so, yeah, how I engage them and and getting to know them and like I'm. I mean, I don't think I'm as playful as I used to be. I think I'm just tired now. But like, <laughs> I used to just kind of be this playful guy and realize some of my kiddos, that's not going to connect with them in the mornings. Like, I, I've got to know what it is for them. And that could be I'm just quiet. I'm going to connect with them by having their breakfast ready and quietly getting their backpack ready and getting mm-hmm. them out the door. Um, but yeah, come 11 o'clock at night. They're they're coming up and jumping on the bed and wanting to talk. And so, again, it's being curious. It's being open. It's being flexible. I mean, it's all the things David said. It's just at the end of the day, connection is the goal. And mm-hmm. if if connecting to our kids is the goal, 
then as dads, how do we come home to be open to that? How do we, how are we not distracted by work? How are we not distracted by all that's coming at us so that we can be available? Whatever that needs to look like. And for my kid that wants to shoot basketball, I can shoot basketball. For my kid that wants to go on a drive, I can go on a drive. For the kid that just wants to sit down and watch a show, I can do that. So, I mean, it's just, um, yeah, I, th- I think when I think back on entering, like, what were my expectations parenting? I just thought my kids would be like I was when I was little and I would just do those things. <laughs> and yeah. none of my kids like the things that I like. <laughs> and so it's just, but it's, it's been a gift. It really has been a gift. And I'm not saying it's been easy. It's, it's not easy, but like the gift of, of becoming a student of my children yeah. in order that I can connect with them as a gift. Well, and something that, I mean, both of you guys have touched on this, but something that was hard for me to learn, and Mo, it goes back to what you were just saying about the <laughs> thinking that your kids were going to want to just be many versions of you. I, I, if I like unpack that a little further, I just think I'll have somebody to play with. Like I'll have somebody to play with, but I'll always be better than yeah. the thing we're playing with. Right? So it sounded very exciting for me, that thought. And even I, I do have one in particular who loves to do a lot of what I wanted to do growing up, but he wants to do it in a different way. And so mm-hmm. whereas I feel like I have a lot to teach and a lot to, you know, want to offer some the other day, this kid said, would you just play and stop trying to like coach me and everything? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was a, an epiphany for me, sometimes just playing with them. I was letting those same expectations of like, well, I want them to be the best they can be. I want them to be able to to grow and learn stuff I didn't learn and, and have advantages I didn't get to have, whatever. And all of that was because I wanted them to be able to, you know, be better than I was at X, Y, or Z thing, which I would have been mortified to say outright, right? Like I wouldn't have believed that if I had said it outright. And so learning just to be able to play for one of our kids, it's, it's riding in the car, listening to music, just blasting music. <laughs> And and giving him control of the of the music and letting him listen to whatever, mm-hmm. us sharing that together um, has been really special. Um, what a great yeah. moment of vulnerability for for that child though, and th- that you provided the safety, you know, for him to be able to say, "Hey, Dad, you're not playing the way I need you to play," and you didn't come back at him in some kind of you know negative form. Like that's awesome too. So that's a dad win right there. I gotta say. Oh, well, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate. But- it. JD also introduced them to, to, you know, they're now all Auburn fans. So that, <laughs> oh, would, be, no. that would that would be a parenting fail. Yeah, um, I, uh, I we uh, if you're if you're listening to this, I just have to share this. If you're listening to this uh, when we air it, um, it is in December of 2023, and uh, Auburn and the University of Alabama play football every year in in what is a lot of people say the most intense rivalry in sports, and it's. You know, very crazy. My wife and I both went to Auburn. We are both huge Auburn fans. Um, and so we have, you know, indoctrinated our kids that same way. Uh, and the game that they just lost, they lost in completely demoralizing, heartbreaking fashion at the very, basically the last play of the game. And it was an extremely improbable, should not have happened play. And right before it started, uh, one of my kids said, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're going to win. Look how far away they are. There's no way they'll get this. And we both almost in unison said, guys, this is what they do to us. This is, this is what Auburn does to us is that they suck us in and make us believe only to just crash our hopes again. And as we are giving them the disclaimer of what it means to be an Auburn fan, sure enough, 
touchdown Alabama. They win. Roll Tide. Roll and Tide. Our our kids were so surprised and dejected. Elizabeth and I just sat there staring at the screen, like, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> so that is a parenting fail. We we should have steered them. But there was connection direction. in that pain. There was connection. Well, that's true. Point. There we, go. there we go. Let's try to put a spin on oh it. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Maybe don't, don't teach your kids about sports and they won't get hurt by them. That would be another good one. Um, mm-hmm. so, David, I, I would, I would love for us to kind of, as we shift into thinking through some more practicalities, uh, you know, you guys work with a lot of families. You're, you mentioned your wife being a social worker and, and just you guys kind of being in that community and now teaching cultivate connection as well. Um, how do you think through when you're, when you're coaching, kind of teaching, talking to other parents, specifically dads about how to set expectations, are there ways that you are, are trying to set them up or, or is it kind of what we've been talking about already so far? Are there, are there more tips and tricks you give? Yeah, even in that, I think it needs, it needs to be relational. First of all, when I'm talking with a dad, I'm not going to come at him, you know, I'm going to come alongside him, um, and just try to encourage wherever he is at, maybe, hey, have you thought about this? Have you have you considered it this way? I'm not going to tell him, hey, you're doing it wrong, because that's never going to go well. But um, yeah, just to, just to come alongside and also be curious about his story and his journey and how he got there. So yeah, that's, for me, um, it's just part of coming alongside and seeing, seeing where they are and going from there. Yeah. Uh, uh, we did lose Mo. I'm, I'm sure just temporarily. Our, our internet has been on the fritz at the office a little bit, so we'll have to see if it, if it comes back. Um, I was so, out entirely earlier today. I was like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to record. Oh gosh. So, uh, you know, one of the things that for me, you know, I noticed is um, we went through the Empower Connect parenting classes before it was Cultivate Connection, you know, maybe 10, 11 years ago. And uh, Shortly after going through the courses, I had lost, I not lost, I'd forgotten basically everything I had learned, right? So I, I went through the course and I was, and then, you know, shortly after that, right back into the same patterns of, you know, just yelling and, and being, um, and just, just being too strung up on the way that I thought things needed to be. Uh, and it took a while for me to, um, learn some of these lessons, particularly in the curiosity and flexibility departments. And, um, you know, for you, when you were first starting out, I'm thinking about other parents who are starting out on this journey who might be discouraged. The holidays can be a time where that discouragement is just pushed into the forefront. Um, what encouragement would you have for other parents that are just starting out on this journey, but might not be uh, feeling super confident in how they're parenting yet? That I think is where a lot of self-care comes in. I mean, just be kind to yourself, first of all, like this I love to use the word practice. Like, hey, I'm just practicing some things. Practice is such a, a, to me, a gentle word. Like there's a lot of forgiveness. There's a lot of grace in that word. Like, I'm just going to keep practicing this and see how it goes. And you know what? If it if it works, like if people say it works, then eventually it's going to work for me too, you know? Um, but pr- yeah, so I like to use that word a lot. Like, hey, this isn't something you have to get right the first time. This isn't the, something you're going to get right every time. But let's just keep practicing it and, you know, be kind to yourself as you're doing it. Be curious with yourself. Like, hmm, how could I have done that differently? Hmm, how did I really show up for my kid this time? How did I show up for myself this time? Yeah. Just stay, you know, stay in it, but but keep practicing. Yeah. Specifically, I think for, and it might be the same advice, you can tell me, but you've, you guys have, have walked the road of foster parent, foster parenting for 
years and years. Would you would you tailor that advice specifically to those foster parents who are receiving kids kind of during the holiday season? And are there any any encouragements you can give them as they're bringing new kids in during this time? And I'd say first of all, like just just think about where they're coming from. These kids have no doubt been through a lot. They're not there. No child is is in your home as a child in foster care because of their choice. You right. They're, they're in your home because of other people's choices that were really against them in some form. So realizing that and giving a lot of space for that, um, allowing grief to to exist and even grieve with them, you know, be with them in those times. Who wants to be at somebody's, some stranger's house at Christmas? You, know, you want to be home with mom and dad or grandma or, or whoever. Like, you don't want to be, yeah situation so just again i think curiosity is, is a big thing and then you know, a lot of yeah. compassion but it's, it's going to take kind of stepping back out of your own feelings and going okay this is not about me i'm not doing this for me mm-hmm. honestly i think some people do but i think for the most part people are, are trying to um you know provide a safe place for for kids and to do it in a in a structured way but also with a lot of nurture right we got to have high structure and high nurture for this to yeah. really work yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, well, I have more questions about that. We'll have to say that we'll, we'll do a separate episode talking more about that <laughs> specific deal. Um, yeah. any, any last words before we kind of sign off today, like things that you'd want to say to parents or, um, or, uh, yeah. Any, any encouragement for them at all? Yeah. I just think, um, again, pra- keep practicing, you know, keep, keep your curiosity at the forefront of what you're doing and, um, you know, just remember these kids are, are wh- wherever they came from, whether they're a biological child, whether they're a foster child, whether you've adopted them, like they're going through a lot. Being, being a kid is a hard thing and uh, being able to come alongside them with, with curiosity, I think is, is such a key in being able to parent them well mm-hmm. and stay curious about your own story as you're doing it as well. Cause your story is also evolving as you go. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, that is a difficult part. I mean, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, big thanks to David for joining us. Uh, Mo had his internet cut out in the middle <laughs> of our episode. And so uh, you got to hear him for the first part. Uh, and then David and I got to carry you home to the finish there. But, uh, you know, just a, a big thank you to him. And, and what incredible wisdom, um, curiosity, flexibility, vulnerability, um, just a, a great, great, great markers for us to kind of set as ideals, especially as dads, for for ways that we are, um, you know, accomplishing um wins as a parent are, are we are we more connected today than we were when we started um at the end of the day are we looking up and and relationship has uh grown or relationship has been broken and then repaired um are we on the way to repair it has there been progress in their connection with our kids um and so just a, a yeah wealth of of resources today in the conversation so uh that's all we've got for today um you can find all of our episodes on uh, YouTube most on video, all on audio, or you can find all of our audio podcasts on 
uh, Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. And that's our Tuesday podcast, the Empowered to Connect podcast, as well as our Friday show, Carpool Q&A. All of those can be found at those places. And so if you need links, you can find them in the show notes below. Uh, but for everybody here at Empowered to Connect, for Mo Ottinger and David Duvall, for uh, Tana, for Becca, for our whole entire team, um, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast, I'm J.D. Wilson. And we'll see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast. <laughs>